A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. No great adventure ever started with, so there I was on the couch. Adventure should be fun. Adventure should be rugged. Adventure should take you someplace new. And if you ask me, there's no better place to start your adventure this spring than at your local Honda dealer, where new Hondas are arriving daily. Check out the CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, Accord, Civic, and more. So you can stay on the couch if you want to, but I'm going to find adventure in a new Honda. Hurry into your local Honda dealer before they're gone. Using marijuana before the age of 25 could actually cause changes in our memory. That's because THC, the active chemical in weed, attaches to receptors in the hippocampus, the part of your brain that creates memories. Learn about marijuana at our website. The Fearless Curious Soul, Goldilocks Productions presents The Deep Reading. <laughs> Connecting you to your soul show. This is Suzanne Wyman, and this is The Deep Psychic Reading. Welcome. Thank you for joining me today. Please think about the commentary that you relate to. I want you to feel included and know that you're part of this conversation. If it resonates to who and what you are, then you are part of something that is greater than yourself. The universe is connecting to you, answering your prayers. So it is Suzanne Wyman, and I thank you so much for joining me today. Kind of have a different lineup today. And if you are inspired and you want to call in, please call in and join in. And let's see if we can uh, take a couple of call-in people just really, really quick. So uh, my primary area of expertise is uh, dream interpretation. And I teach dream interpretation, which I have to say is really not in my wheelhouse. I'm not really very good at it. But um, people ask me to teach. So, you know, sometimes you just answer what you're asked to do. So the first thing is is that you start dreaming somewhere between the fourth and fifth month of uh, your mother's pregnancy. So your mother's pregnant with you and you start dreaming. And she experiences your dream state. And that developmental process of dreaming in utero and then uh, dreaming for the first seven years is all centered in what is called the root or the base chakra, but it is your first chakra. And that category of dreamings is called everyday dreamings. So that is enough about dream interpretation for today. That's just one piece of uh, information. Uh, It's like any other study or area of expertise. There's layers and layers to the knowledge and the experience that you put together to understand how to do dream interpretation. I have a personal belief that dream interpretation and learning how to interpret your dreams is probably the most important foundation piece in your spiritual development. Uh, Two authors that I use for my work are Alex Lukman. His book is available on Amazon and is called What Your Dreams Can Teach You. And then, of course, Carl Jung. Um, And he explains uh, more of the detailed archetype process that leads to the understanding of where your dream state uh, conflict comes about. Okay, so today 
I've got somebody really wonderful and really special to join me on the show, and I'm hoping that they will be comfortable enough to share their story in detail. And it is the story about how this person used psychics in order to <clears throat> obtain their life's dream and their life's goal. So um, I'm just hoping that we can put him in with me at this point and have him join in. Let's hello, my dear. Hello, hello. Hi Rich, how are, hi, Rich, how are you? Hi, my love, how are you? I'm really good. Good. So, so when I took and I first met you, you were wanting to be a full-time artist. Yes. And would you just share that lovely story with, with everybody who's listening today? It's a good story. Oh, a really good story. We met at a restaurant called the Cafe Tutu Tango, where they oh, had no, no, psychics. No, Rich, Rich, I'm talking huh? about the story where you used other psychics, other than me, but you used other psychics in order to take and achieve your goal to become a great artist. That's the one I want you to talk about. Oh, okay. So they had many artists there, so I'd come in. They would all do readings for me as like a little warm-up. And I'd come in, I'd be stressed out, thinking what was going to happen and what was going to happen next. And it just really eased my soul and eased me down to I really uh, felt comfortable and confident after speaking with them, after they did like a tarot card reading or an angel card reading. So it was a big, big help. Okay. So, you know, it's, you know, I mean, we're not going to use the last name of the people, but I think it was, um, I think it was Gloria that did angel card readings for you. Yes. Gloria. And, uh, yeah, then George, he did, uh, I forget what kind of cards he had. Do you remember what? I think it was just tarot cards. Just tarot cards, yeah. So it was George, yeah, it was a number of people that came in, and I saw, I don't know, what, about 20, 30 psychics there over the years? <laughs> yeah, yeah, there, there was that. Um, there was a woman uh, there by the name of Rain. You remember Rain? Yes, I do. There was an entire community of um, psychics, and of course you remember Richard who did iridology. Correct, yes. Yeah. I, think the most in- I think the most interesting part of it is when I was really in my head and really uptight and just, and I didn't have money to pay for the reading, so I kind of was just hanging around like, oh man, I really need a reading right now. I'm really stressed out and, you know, just totally in my head, and it wouldn't work. It wouldn't. It wouldn't uh, connect, and it was just I'd walk away, still feeling the same way. But other times when I was relaxed and just being myself and just you know having a conversation, then they would do a, a reading with tarot cards and be like, "Oh, okay, that's great." You know, that really clicks. You know, so that was mm-hmm. kind of interesting for me to find out when I was really stressed and I really needed it. It didn't really work. It didn't click. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so that was how, pretty interesting. How long did you? How long? How long did you? Uh, how long did you go through this little journey where you took and you, you know, how long did this go on for? Well, God, what about ten years? Ten, fifteen <laughs> years? <laughs> Just you know. Oh my God! Oh my God! Huh? Okay, that is a long time. Yeah, it was, so, but it was, it, was, it was really interesting. I really appreciate psychics, and I really appreciate you, and it's just, uh, yeah, it's, it's really a comfort at times. So the part of the story that I thought was interesting was that you, um, you'd you never had, had been around psychics. You'd never even really knew anything about um, the culture, the education, or uh, the personalities of the psychics. And after that period of time, of, you know, working with them, you know, day in and day out, um, Mm -hmm. you really developed some interesting opinions about different psychics and different types of psychics. So that was, a to me, that was the most interesting part of the situation. 
is that you yeah, really it was a gr- it was really <laughs> it was really good to learn because you you don't know until you get a variety and then you go oh that's really good or that's really deep or that's really right on because when they first do it you don't know anything about it and it seems okay that's cool that's good until you get to experience different uh, psychics and then your opinion gets a little more educated i guess mhm so um it was it was kind of an interesting chapter because you know there was the dancers there was the musicians mm-hmm. um there was the balloon twisters um yes there was hawaiian dancers yeah, there was hawaiian dancers yeah let's not forget the hawaiian dancers <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh um inside joke yeah, no, 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 not an inside joke. It's an outside joke because they were great. It was just that during the time when they did their their show with all the dancers and the drummers and and the fire show and everything else, the whole restaurant just came to a standstill, and nobody could do anything else. And they were great. Um, and they did two shows every Thursday night, and that was for I don't know eight years. Is that right? Yeah, and it was fun, but yeah, after you've seen it, you know, <laughs> for ten years, you're going, okay, I gotta. It's break time. <laughs> it's break time. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> so the restaurant had a a policy that they didn't pay artists. They gave us restaurant cash, and they didn't pay the psychics. They gave them restaurant cash, and this was, you know, it was a chain restaurant, and it was. You know, Florida, Atlanta, New York, Canada, um, you know, and then California. So um, so we kind of, like, ended up, like, sticking together as a group, the psychics and the artists, because we were the unpaid performers for the evening. Right. And the other people were the paid performers. And so... Um, but the best part was is we never saw a dinner bill. I don't think we saw a dinner bill for 20 years. It was ridiculous. I know. Uh, yeah. What fascinated, so, what fascinated me about you was walking up to complete strangers, and most of them, probably 80% of them, never had a psychic reading. And you'd walk yeah. up and you'd talk to them, and then they, you'd walk away, and they'd all be smiling and laughing and talking, like on another level. I always found that amazing. Thank you. Yeah, it was interesting. Um, you also took the responsibility of making sure that um, the psychic was taking care of whoever it was and walking them to their car and um, helping them with any of their little their little daily um, problems that went on. So yeah, you were the, that's you, right. Uh, yeah, so you were the, the protector of the psychics. And you formed some lasting friendships. Out of that, out of that whole experience, it was interesting. So yeah, it was a, sh- a real shared experience for for all of us. I mean, it was really a unique setting, and you know, week after week after week would go by, and yeah, you form you form friendships, and they got to know you, you got to know them. Yeah, it was an interesting process. All right. Well, um, thank you so much for having a great conversation. And why don't you add, because we're going to wrap it up. You've got two minutes to wrap it up with me. Why don't you add how you use that experience of talking to psychics as a support system in order to take and create your career as an artist and that you finally actually made it. It actually worked. Yeah, just it, it felt like you just, after the readings, you would just, trust yourself and you trust the little things that would go on that were sort of semi-miraculous. You just go, wow, that's, that works, that helps. And it just gave you a sense of confidence and a sense of, yeah, this is all working for the good and it's all working out. But there's really nothing to worry about. And, and the readings were all different. I don't remember like specific ones right now, but they were all just really, um, they were really comforting, I guess you'd say. Okay, so talk about where you are today. Well, today uh, I'm living with a psychic, which is very uh-huh. interesting. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, as and an I've grabbed really... Pardon? As an artist, as an artist. <laughs> That's oh, the well, I'm just... Part of the... 
story. That's the great <laughs> part. <laughs> well, I'm, I feel I feel like I'm growing as an artist every day, and I'm especially under this time period of getting a lot of work done. And so I really feel confident. I really feel like I'm producing stuff that's really interesting and it keeps me interested. And I like it. I love it. So you became an event painter. You took and you worked inside that restaurant. You painted weddings. You painted events. And now you have become, um, in your world, you've become a very famous event painter. Yes, I've been doing that 20 years. And it's, uh, I love it. It's, you go and you paint weddings. I, was, I innovated that concept like 20 years ago, and it just took off. And it's just, you get to go to weddings, and it's about the couple and their day, and you just intuitively, intuitively feel their day, and you paint it. And it's just wonderful experience. And the couples just really love the painting after, the, after it's all said and done. It's a great material thing to take away from a wedding. And they'll be, hopefully it'll be in their family's... Uh, you know, in the family for lifetimes, for generations. Okay. So one of the things I talk about with you is is that you have a simian crease on uh, one of your hands. And um, simians, um, by the numbers in the population, single hand is one in 10,000. Um, two hands is one in 100,000. And so simians have a story that they <clears throat> are really good at one thing, but they go through the struggle in the early part of their life of finding a place to belong so simians need a place to belong to demonstrate their area of genius and become known as an expert. But simians are always geniuses who are struggling for placement and belonging. And so their skills and the things that they want to do, they have a single-minded focus. And often parents just don't cope well with a child who has single-minded focus. And I can't tell you how many times I've seen you know, an individual who ended up with what I call a modified simian crease as the result of the parent's inability to support the child's um, area of genius. So I always told you that you, and you're also a fire, you have fire hands, and so I always told you that you were capable of acts of genius and that you would become known as an expert in a particular area, but you needed placement and belonging. So going to that restaurant, listening to what the psychics had to say, and then you ended up translating that process into putting together a business and becoming known as a wedding and event painter. Yeah, it was a great background, a great foundation, and it really helped out a whole lot. And you painted the restaurant scene every single night. You painted that scene, and it was really interesting to see how your style evolved and it became more refined and more detailed, and then you're very rapid. So you come into a wedding and you get it painted in you know five or six hours, and the end of the night, um, an event planner takes that painting and puts it up in the honeymoon suite and the couple goes into their room that night and sees the painting of their wedding. Yeah, and it's more important even than the next day when they have the brunch and it's hang it's uh, being displayed during the brunch hour cuz for the couple the days just a blur. They're just they're so overwhelmed by everything and it's really a really a treat when they have it as a surprise. So the yeah. couple, there's so much going on. Like you say, everything's all scripted out and everything's all timelined and everything. But when they have this nice surprise, that's really, really, that really touches them. And I just, that part I really enjoy. Tell, tell, tell people how they can look at your work. You can look at my work on my website, richflynn.com, and that'll give you a feeling of what I do. And... Okay. Um, when I first started out, people go, you paint a wedding. How do you paint a wedding? Now, it's, like I say, now it's becoming a little more popular, but it's always a pleasure to go to a place and somebody's saying, well, I've never seen this done before. You know, we've been to 100 weddings, and I've never seen this done. I just love that compliment, and the people are just fascinated by watching it get created, and then they're in the painting. They go, where am I? I go, there you are. I put a little dot there down and go, that's you right there. Okay. Thank you very much, and maybe you'll come back and talk with us again. I'd love to. Thanks, Suzanne. I love you. I love you, too. Take care. Wow. Bye. What a great conversation. Bye, darling. What a great conversation. Um, the next person I have is Carol Ann, and um, I'm hoping that we can have a lively conversation. I went, like, two minutes over my time 
with my last caller, but I guess it was just a little bit harder to get into the details of the conversation. So um, let's see where my next caller is. All right. Hello. Carol Ann, this is Suzanne Wyman. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing, Suzanne? Really, really good. I don't, you know what? I um, I really am, am, like, really quite appreciative of the opportunity to get to meet you and know you. I had an extremely short phone call with you last night. I think I talked to you on the phone for less than a minute and confirmed <laughs> the details and then got off the phone and... Um, you are part of the Goldilocks Productions family, so it's very nice to meet you. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you very much. Oh, my pleasure. Okay, what kind of psychic are you? Introduce yourself to my to my listeners, please. Sure. Thank you so much. Um, uh, my name is Carol Ann Carey, and my website is carolanncarey.com. It's C-A-R-O-L-A-N, and last mm-hmm. name C-A-R-E-Y dot com. Mm-hmm. I am the psychic medium of Sarasota, or SRQ as we refer to it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I am the radio show host of In the Psychic Flow on Goldilocks Productions, which is a thrilling opportunity for me. I've been enjoying myself very much. We are on Thursday evenings. We will be on, um, let's see, tonight we are on Crowdcast, but next week we will be on uh, a new format. So we will send out, we'll be posting that. We have a new format for that. So that's a TV show. And you can uh, join that by Facebook or on the Goldilocks Productions page or YouTube. And uh, tonight we have, um, let's see, who do we have? Oh, we have Mr. Mark Anthony, the psychic lawyer. We have him on this evening, wonderful guy. I've met him. He's phenomenal, very exciting, so we're excited about that. So that's what's going on today in my world. And um, let's see. So I guess that's about it. That's about all that's going on with me, doing a lot of um, video and FaceTime readings. You know, we're not, I'm not doing as many private readings uh-huh. because, you know, of the virus scare uh-huh. and all that and trying to stay safe. So we're sheltering in here in Sarasota. We're doing okay. And uh, so it's my pleasure to be here today. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, I definitely am doing a a lot of phone call um, readings with people. So um, totally optional, totally your choice if you want to do it or not. Would you like to um, have me do a short reading for you while you're here with me? Sure. Okay, so what I have you do is I have you describe the weather in your area today or... You can tell me the last great meal you ate. I have to kind of be in detail. I need like about 20 seconds of energy to get from you. Describe the weather today or the last great meal I ate. Okay. Your choice. Totally your choice. Uh, The weather today, I'll go with that. Mm -hmm. The weather today is absolutely lovely. We have a storm coming, so it's very breezy, partly cloudy, warm, uh, humid, but it feels good because the clouds are kind of in, you know, covering the sun a little bit because it gets quite hot. We're up by 90 here in Sarasota. And it's really nice. The air is kind of brisk. You can feel it, uh, electricity. We know we're getting a storm. So everybody's running around doing whatever they have to do and battening down the hatches. So it'll be great because we really need the rain. So that's where we're at, and um, I'm enjoying it. Okay, cool. So um, you have more emotional fluidity than most people do. You have an ability to understand other people's emotions, match their emotions, and then go along with their currents and um, help them to take and take it to a good conclusion. I don't even think that you're fully conscious of the fact that you can do that so effortlessly and so easily. You um, definitely had an extremely... um, interesting um, upbringing as a child, and it's kind of an interesting sort of comment because in one sense, um, these were people that were very well-intentioned, hardworking people, and then in a whole other way, it was kind of like they were asleep, unconscious, and rather unaware. 
So you are somebody who is very good at connecting with other people. You have figured out that you need to be around people that are positive, that nurture you, and that are good for you because you are impacted by other people's emotions. Part of your work is um, centered in medium work, and I <clears throat> I personally don't do medium work. It's just one of those things. But part of your medium work is really interesting because you're not necessarily focused on whether or not the person in front of you fully understands the message. You're primarily focused on the fact of whether the person on the other side who made the effort to come and convey a message to that person gets their message conveyed as accurately as possible. So you're able to set aside a lot of filters and be very authentic with the people that you deliver the message for. You do have a white stripe down your chakras, and that's usually the mark of a dowser. So it's sort of an optional sort of tool. I'm sure I'm sure that you work with some sort of pendulum dowsing tool, and you work in that area. But um, dowsing has such a range. Um, I don't know why, but in um, in England, they have a much better understanding of different types of pendulums and dowsing tools for different types of dowsers because dowsers have an entire range of um, skills and applications and how to use that energy. Um, they even have like a, a dowsing tool for people that are really sensitive for elect electricity and you know where the electricity is not in balance in a particular area. So um, you're able to have fun, you're able to relax, you're able to do what you really love to do. This is a new chapter for you, this chapter of the work that you're doing, in that you've, you've made a commitment to yourself and to the people that you serve, is that you are serving a higher purpose. And, um, you know, I join you in that belief that it is God-given, grace-given, universe-supported sort of process. So it's a very interesting thing to sort of tune in with you. You have an awful lot of talent. Uh-huh. Thank you. Absolutely ri right on. Um, I am as a spirit medium uh, that I feel is my sole purpose, and I've been doing it about 12 years, and I retired from my full-time job to do this full-time, So, um, it, which is great. I've been doing it part-time for 12 years, so this is nice to do it full-time. And um, I feel that that's a purpose and a calling is to speak, to, to bring people's loved ones, departed loved ones in to deliver a message. And you're right. I'm not really all that interested, frankly, in whether you understand or you, you can tell. I know that uh, the dead don't lie. So when they come to me and they give me things, I say to my sitters, you can say, you know, say yes or I don't know. Don't say no because that kind of shuts it down. And right. uh, your loved ones are making an effort to be here to give a particular message to you. And if you don't understand it now, you might understand it later. So, But I do try to give as much evidence as I can so they are sure of who I have. But you're right. My my concern is with the communicator, not the recipient. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Do you know, do you know that's a very tidy, it's a very tidy thing to do for two really simple reasons. One is because it, you cannot actually focus on the person who's sitting in front of you as to how right. they understand it. You can't focus on that while you're focusing on receiving a message from the other side. It takes such a great deal of concentration and sensitivity. Um, and I love that point that you make to tell the people to not say no, because it's a, it's a strange thing, and I wish I could um, get people to understand that they don't really get the full, excuse me, benefit of their interaction with an intuitive psychic medium. Once they sit down and they start saying, no, no, you're wrong, you're wrong. Once they start doing that, those doors close, and those doors don't open back up. And that's the thing people don't really understand. If you say, well, Right now, right now, I don't, I don't understand that. I'm going to think about that. But that's okay. Yes. Or you can say, um, you know, it, it's hard for me to put a place on that, but that could be true. You know, you have to leave an opening for the energy. And if there's no opening for the energy, those doors just shut so rapidly. It's like the speed of light happens to those doors. And they're slapped shut, and there is no opening them back up in that particular session. And the, and the information's gone. I mean, it's just gone. 
So, um, yes. yeah, it's not, it's not an interesting, you try and explain that. And I can't tell you how many times I've sat down with somebody. I, I can't count. And they said to me, they go, well, you know, early when you first started talking to me, you said, you said X, Y, and Z. And I'm like, I don't remember that. And they said, well, I said no to you because I was really uncomfortable with that, and I, I didn't want to admit to that. And they said, I'm, I don't know what to tell you because it's gone. <laughs> true. They're so, uncomfortable. Yes, that's true. Very true. But uh, your reading was excellent. You're absolutely right about everything. Everything. Wow. Wow. That just talks about how open and receptive you are. Um, and it doesn't, I don't really need a lot of um, information to do this sort of spontaneous cold reading. I just need a person who's open and receptive. And um, so I, I kind of like am curious. So you have that perfect white stripe down your chakras. And that's always um, that's always considered the mark of a person. Oh, I have dowsing rods. Oh, you do. Okay. <laughs> yes, and I just, as a matter of fact, I just refound them again and moved them to a safer place. And I have used okay. them when I lose things, and they never lie to me. I don't pay attention, well, but they don't they don't lie to me. Uh huh. Yeah. You know, the American Dowser Society has like this um, basic course. And it's online, and you just download it, and you print it. And that's what I always use to begin the instruction with um, people that have, you know, that are learning how to do dowsing. Um, and then I have a really good friend who does. He makes he makes dowsing rods, and he makes pendulums. And um, I work best with. I have I have too much electricity, so I work best with um, copper. And I took one of my crystals, and um, he put it in copper and put it onto a chain, and, and it is really quite lovely. But I have to have copper all over the place in different places in the house, or else I have a problem with um, popping light bulbs and shorting out batteries. <laughs> so, um, and you live in Sarasota. Is it Sarasota, Florida? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, Okay. And so um, that, for some reason or another, maybe it's just the day, but it looks like it's like kind of like um, a point where like a lot of electricity just lands continuously. Yes. Huh. Is that good for your? No, we're gonna get. We like, we'll get some more lightning strikes. They're probably gonna have a heavy uh, storm season, probably. But I bet we're gonna have a lot of lightning tomorrow. So yes, huh. it will be lighting up here. Is it productive for your work to have that much electricity? Um, I don't think it matters. Huh. I don't think people want to talk to me on the phone when electrical storms are going on. I think they're afraid they're going to get zapped. <laughs> Does that happen? Uh, it, has ha- well, it hasn't happened to me, but I've seen it happen. No great adventure ever started with, so there I was on the couch. Adventures should be fun. Adventures should be rugged. Adventures should take you someplace new. And if you ask me, there's no better place to start your adventure this spring than at your local Honda dealer, where new Hondas are arriving daily. Check out the CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, Accord, Civic, and more. So you can stay on the couch if you want to, but I'm going to find adventure in a new Honda. Hurry into your local Honda dealer before they're gone. The I didn't realize you liked me that way deal. Because it's one thing to receive McDonald's, but an entirely other thing to know that they woke up early to face the world and bring you McDonald's breakfast still hot in the bag. Appreciate you. There's a deal for every morning. Now grab two loaded sausage burritos for only three bucks. Prices and participation may vary. Single item at regular price. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Yeah. Okay. Hey, you know what? I've got. I've got. Um, you're you're welcome to promote yourself once more. Add a couple of um, comments, but um, let me let me take and put you on a little time frame. Let's let's uh, wind up our conversation. We've got a couple of minutes. I really appreciate you coming in and talking and being open and sharing your information. And your show sounds really exciting. I don't think I've ever heard of a psychic lawyer, and I can't believe... Oh, he's phenomenal. Mark Mark Anthony, he's the bomb. Um, He's a wonderful guy. He uh, was a lawyer for the Supreme Court, and in the 
in Washington, D.C. He was uh, licensed and also in Florida. I think he's from the Fort Lauderdale area, and I've met him in person. He came here to Sarasota. Wonderful guy. I've interviewed him before. He's a fourth-generation psychic. It's absolutely amazing and a full-blooded lawyer. And he's a a legal commentary now. Um, He was a criminal defense lawyer. Uh, so he's going to be on the show tonight. Um, it's going to be wonderful, and I hope people come in and on and enjoy it. It is a TV show, so you'll see both of us. Unfortunately, <laughs> I have to get dolled up tonight. But uh, Mark Anthony is always wonderful to look at. I call him the dynamite kid. He's wonderful, a lot of fun, very sincere, probably the, one of the sharpest readings I've ever had. Uh, I wow. had from him in person, gallery. I mean, he just pulls stuff out. It's absolutely amazing. And... Um, so we hope people will join our show in the psychic flow. So, and check out all the shows on Goldilocks Productions. And uh, you can okay, reach me okay. again by carolannecarry.com. And I hope you all will right. consider me your spirit connection. So it's been a pleasure, oh, Suzanne. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much. Have a great show tonight. Blessings. Yeah. Thank you so much. Have a good day. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. I don't think I've ever heard of a psychic lawyer. It's so cool. And he chose the name Mark Anthony. Wow. All right. Talk about a love of lawyers. Um, So our next um, person is my daughter, and uh, we're going to talk about the details of astrology, of what's going on right now. Astrology um, is such an interesting thing to observe and to document because it explains some of the issues that are going on currently, and it explains some of the things that we can avoid as far as problems in the future. So it's very helpful. Let's bring Catherine on now. Let's see if we can bring Catherine in. Okay. Hi there. Hi, Catherine. How are you? Good. How are you? Fabulous. Have you done anything uh, energetic, like exercise or anything like that in the past few days? <laughs> yeah, I try to get out for a walk, but, uh, you know, just we're, we're still working away here. So um, so I, I, we talked about talking about the, the first retrograde that we're going into um, on Saturday, and it was funny when I brought it up to you, you, you. Um, I think you had the reaction that most people who understand astrology have when I talk about a retrograde, which is, oh no. So, um, so I'm kind of here to like unpack that a little bit. And okay. we haven't been in. Um, we haven't had any planets in retrograde for a while, which you know when we talked about last week has been kind of a blessing, while. Um, all of this stuff is going on because it's created, you know, strong forward moving energy and allowed things to change and kind of be um, solved more rapidly, right? Versus if we have a retrograde going on, things are a little sluggish and move a little slowly. Okay. So, um, so retrogrades in planets are basically an optical illusion that the planet is moving backwards. And in astrology, we consider that energy to just kind of be slower. But um, the thing that I like about it is it kind of calls us to go inward and just take take note of things that are happening and um, just kind of slow down. So... Um, so let me ask you a question real quick, because mm-hmm. I think sometimes I have like, um, so if we look, it's, it's a Pluto retrograde. It's a Pluto retrograde where? In Capricorn. In Capricorn. Okay. So so basically, and you know, I, I love mythology. So Pluto is one of the brothers. So it's Pluto, Jupiter, and... Um, it's, it's Neptune, right? I can I always get the Roman and the Greek confused. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. So in Greek terms, it would be Hades, uh, Zeus, and um, oh God, I'm I'm blinking on uh, on it's not Triton. That's what he carries on uh, Neptune's Greek translation. 
Um, yeah, okay. Poseidon. Poseidon. Okay. Right. All yeah. Right. So. So we're gonna we talk we talk about it from the Roman position, right? Right. That's what we do. So. Because we, because the planets are named that way, right? So we attribute the planets and their Roman names, and then it kind of gives. For me, it helps the stories of the mythology help me remember what aspects or uh, characteristics are attributed to those planets because they're the same ones that are attributed to those mythological gods. Okay. So, and Pluto, Pluto is, so they, they took and they made a, an agreement to di- divide, to divide the elements, so to speak, and to the earth was the open playing field and Jupiter is um, the sky, the heavens and is air and um, Neptune is water and the oceans and all of the water aspects. And then Pluto is the underworld, which we associate with um, fire. So those are the elements, and then they're divided into those categories. But whenever we see an aspect that happens with one of the brothers, it's a very powerful aspect. It has significance. Yeah, so um, so we can talk a little bit about the mythology of Pluto first. I always okay. like to kind of do that. So Pluto is the god of the underworld, um, and it, it wasn't necessarily his choice. You know, he kind of got that position, and so he's kind of known as like a gloomy guy in, um, you know, mythology. He's kind of one of the least liked gods. But um, it's interesting because his most famous story is actually one of a, a love story. So, um, you know, Venus, Venus kind of feels sorry for him and says, well, she asked her son Cupid to strike him with an arrow and that he falls in love with the next woman he sees. So the woman that he falls in love with is, um, in Roman mythology, it's Proserpina. In Greek mythology, we know her as Persephone. And she's mm-hmm. the daughter of Ceres, the harvest goddess. So um, he actually abducts her and takes her into the underworld. And, um, you know, Ceres, in her despair of looking for her daughter, doesn't tend to the crops and the harvest. And so the world kind of falls into this, um, what, we, what we now attribute to be like winter and non-harvest mm-hmm. months. Um, and so... She does become his queen. Persephone becomes, you know, his wife, but they have an arrangement with her mother where he gives her back. And so there's parts of the year where we have spring and and the crops grow, and that's the time that Persephone is believed to be on earth with her mother, and then she goes back with Hades in the wintertime. So it kind of is like an interesting story to explain the seasons. Mm-hmm. So... Um, so I thought the other part of the the other part of the story was that um, say it again. It's I I say it's a series, but you know it's cereals and grains. But how do you pronounce it? Yeah, series. Um, series. I, so, I think in was, yeah, she has a different name in Greek. Right, Demeter is the name in Greek. Demeter. Okay, so I thought she was one of the sisters, and it was. Um, so the the woman who he abducts is actually his niece, and um, she cries and, um, you know, is just searching for her daughter um, in such a way that is so tragic and so sad that he can't stand the sound of it. And so he, he lets her go, and she sees her mother, and that's what we honor as Esther, which became Easter, and then she gives her these pomegranate little um, pips and tells her, you're going to return down to, um, you know, to the underworld and you're going to get thirsty. But you cannot take and eat all of these pomegranate seeds because if you do, you won't be able to come back out. And so she, you know, she wants to be with her mother so badly that she doesn't eat them. And that's how we have the balance of the year. Yeah, so there's a lot of different interpretations of that story, especially around the pomegranate seeds. So one of the stories 
uh, with the pomegranate seeds is that Pluto actually gives Persephone a pomegranate seed to make her uh, desire him because the taste of the pomegranate is so divinely sweet that she associates it with him and wants to return to enjoy those pomegranate seeds with him. And Mm -hmm. that um, Hermes, at the behest of Zeus, actually persuades Hades to give uh, Persephone back to her mother. Yeah, there's a lot of different interpretations, and it's kind of interesting because in my research there's not a ton of um, stories about Hades, actually. Like I said, he was kind of one of the uh, under-represented gods, and in that you know, ancient Greek culture wasn't necessarily a god that people uh, prayed to or performed sacrifices to unless they wanted some sort of, um, you know, vengeance or things like that. He was associated with death, and so I think in that culture it was kind of avoided. So, um, but, but still kind of an interesting story because he is about the balance, right, of the three brothers and, um, and, we actually associate Pluto with wealth as well. And this piece I actually didn't know um, why. And I, I, because he's from the underworld, he reaps the wealth of gems and gold, which come from ore and in, you know, the underworld of the earth, so to speak. And so that's why we kind of associate him with, with wealth, because he does have the wealth of the earth. Okay. So, um, so yeah, so it's not all uh, kind of doom and gloom when it comes to Pluto. I think of it as, um, a, you know, going inward, going, examining our emotions, and then, you know, um, possible, possible wealth, right? So he is associated with the eighth, eighth house in astrology, um, and... So, so we associate it with astrology as well. It, with anything that is death is associated with rebirth. So, um, a Pluto. It's interesting because Pluto actually retrogrades for five months out of the year. <laughs> so this isn't uh, like intense, like short, like a Mercury. Mercury goes into retrograde uh, several times a year, but only for three three weeks. So I think it's a little. Right you know, more intense of an energy. It's also a planet that's closer to Earth, so we feel it. Um, Pluto's, you know, obviously the farthest away and um, and is in retrograde half the year. So this isn't an energy that we are unfamiliar with, right? We're, we're kind of used to this energy. Um, and But what it kind of calls for in Capricorn is just a lot of, just a lot of change um, to kind of these structures and institutions in society. So um, recognizing what no longer serves us and then being able to let that go. Okay. So so the interesting thing I find about retrograde is, is retrograde isn't what people normally think of. A planet going into retrograde is different because it's not a stop. It's just a pause, look, and evaluate. But it is interesting that it arrives on this particular Saturday because up until this point, we've had a lot of energy and a lot of clarity in order to take and move through these obstacles really quickly. And so... um, there's there's two there's two views that we can take here in this situation, and one view is is that um, people that were um, sick and were basically undecided in their life as to whether or not they wanted to continue to live or or if they wanted to walk out of the movie and and call it a day, it's kind of like bringing all of that energy to a pause. So people that are not ready to leave, they kind of get this pause and they get an opportunity to accumulate the energy and the strength and to continue on. Other people that, you know, they they just can't go any further, they leave at this point. So it's an interesting turning point to show up at this point in the pandemic. I mean, to me, it's just really interesting that it shows up just at this moment. 
Yeah, and it's so it's going to stay in retrograde until October. So I think it's kind of just the perspective of this is um, just just kind of a it's it's a it's a you know April to October five months. It's a time um, to to for those people like you said to just evaluate that. So and in October we actually see a lot of energy. We see a lot of things happening. So I think there's going to be a lot more to 2020 is a pretty um, interesting year astrologically, right? There's a lot of things that are happening that haven't happened in centuries, millennia even, I think, on some of the aspects. So, um, right. so yeah, it's, it's a big shift for us. But um, I think it's, like I said, it's always something that changes our lives for the better, so, um, so yeah, it's something that invites healing. It invites us to let go of, you know, um, those fake superficial relationships, uh, projects that aren't working for us, um, things that maybe are just aren't getting that momentum that we want, you know, and so we kind of have to evaluate, well, is that really what I want, um, you know, is there something, can I evaluate myself on a deeper level to see if that's really serving me or not? And, and is it time to let it go and, and let it experience a death, so to speak, so that there can be a, a rebirth and healing? Okay. So talk about Capricorn. You know, Capricorn is the goat climbing the mountain with its sure, its sure little um, feet and whatever it takes it's willing to climb up to the top of the mountain in order to make it happen so um, it is kind of interesting that it kind of lands that way is there any other aspects going on or any aspects coming up for next week yeah so I'm going to go through those retrogrades um, week by week because we do have a Venus retrograde, a Saturn retrograde, and a Jupiter retrograde. And um, I think a lot of those things uh, kind of end their retrogrades as we come into October, and October's kind of a busy month. So um, if you if you can, <laughs> uh, take a lot of downtime in October. You know, we at our firm, we've kind of blocked out our whole calendar for October, Um in our law firm not to have any hearings or court appearances or anything big on a case, uh, we kind of look ahead for the year and block out that time for, um, you know, good business planning according to astrology. So I guess that's the one piece of advice is that there's a lot of this culmination of these aspects in October. So if you can, just kind of plan ahead and, um, you know, plan a, plan a vacation where you can get away or just things that are, going to be self-serving not so much starting new projects or anything like that so um but yeah we have a lot of we have a lot of um i believe we have a lot of elements happening in capricorn right now and you asked about capricorn and um so i mean it's their their structure um it's doing the right and proper thing they like tradition um they you know they're very practical. They, um, I mean, what it, what is your, I don't know, I always think of Capricorns as kind of a, being great at accumulating wealth or achieving goals. They, they climb up the mountain. So what's your thoughts on Capricorn? You know, there's some people, I think there's kind of like a misunderstanding because as we go through um, the different houses in astrology, we start with the first house and it's Aries. And Aries talks about, you know, the fire, the energy, but it's also a newborn, and it, it, it's just like newborns have no awareness of anybody else. It's just what they need. So, and then, and then we get to Taurus, and Taurus is, is the child. And as you go through the chart, as you go through the different um, houses, and you get to the, to the end, um, Capricorn is our tenth. And once we get, you know, once we get to Sagittarius, um, you'll see the last four elements. Those are the highest energy. So um, it goes fire, earth, air, and water. Um, and it ends with Pisces, and Aquarius is air, and Capricorn is earth. So it is earthly 
energy, material energy, um, the forces of what work for the earth, um, but it is at the highest state. So um, I've met a lot of people. Um, Early in my life, I didn't have um, access to a a good astrologer. They said they were good, but they they said I was a Capricorn, and and I always felt that that didn't really fit. I didn't feel like I was a Capricorn. I was like... But when I told people I was a Capricorn, there were people that just simply refused to have anything to do with me in business because Capricorns, um, you know, they're willing to work hard. They're willing to climb a difficult mountainous journey in order to obtain their goals. So they are concerned with the highest, most lofty ambitions and are willing to really work hard for it. Um, But they can, you know, they can also be really ruthless about that journey, about what they have to do in order to get there. Not because they think being ruthless is an okay way to do it, but it's just easier to be ruthless sometimes than it is to actually try and figure out how to get to where you want to go. So, um, but they are an earth sign, and um, they do, um, earth signs carry a deep sense of persecution. Um, so it is, it is kind of a complex piece to the story, but I think that Capricorns don't necessarily always accumulate a lot of material wealth. They have a tendency to accumulate wealth that is better for a group, a community, um, an organization, something they value or they believe in. Um, so, yeah, I think it kind of has different levels to it. I don't think it's like, you know, like a broad stroke remark would be that Capricorns have the tenacity to work hard to achieve success and to gain material wealth. So that, that to me, seems to sort of explain it. Yeah, I guess that makes more sense when you say it. Like, I mean, I think of, so looking at 10th house, it's the house of aspiration and worldly progress. But it's funny because I do think of Capricorns as being really hardworking. And so for me, I just naturally associate that with, um, you know, not necessarily like wealth or luxury, but maybe security and mm-hmm. and maybe security for a group. And so to me, I guess that translates as, as wealth because if you you can't share your resources and be generous and be for the betterment of a group, then, um, you know, that's wealth translated to me. So it's interesting because you're right, but that's, you're, it's not just self-accumulation of goods. It's for the greater good or a group, so to speak. So, um, but to me that has yeah. a, more value, I guess. So. Yeah, it is, it is an interesting, so it is supposed to be like people that are born in the second half of the astrological cycle are supposed to be more evolved, but I have not ever really found that to be true. I found people that were born in the, you know, the, the, you know, the first half to, you know, sometimes there's some people that come out of it and they really have great spiritual awareness or great consciousness. But So the story is supposed to be that when you do your life's work, your true purpose, that you get everything you need to fulfill your life's purpose. And so Capricorns have a better understanding of that because they don't necessarily look for a check, but they look for a connection, a resource, or an opportunity that can help them to create more blessings and more plentiful um, situations for everybody who they're involved with. So they're very um, they're very concerned with how they can provide for other people. Um, as far as any of the barn barnyard animals, the goat is the one who um, is able to give birth and deliver um, the easiest, the quickest, and the most uncomplicated. So um, what is it that we would think about prosperity, wealth, and resources? The quicker you give birth to them and the quicker that you can land them on the earth, the easier it is to get to the next stage of your journey, um, whatever it is that you're doing to do your life's work on the planet. Yeah, and we always say, you know, you can't just say someone's a Capricorn. It's like, that's like saying someone's a Ford. It's like what year, what make, what model, right? There's other aspects to a person's chart and things like that that create who they are. But it's funny, in my mind, I always have one person that I think of as being that true Capricorn energy, and she's a dear friend. 
to both of us. And, um, you know, we watched her become a family member to the business that she works for and then the people she lives with. Um, you know, they, they have gardens together and they all provide for each other. And she really is that provider for the group um, mm-hmm. and works really hard. So, yeah, so she, to me, is the embodiment of uh, Capricorn, right? And right. and is just so generous and sweet and um, would give you anything if you needed it, right? So, um, so yeah, so Pluto being in... Pluto being in Capricorn and then it going retrograde, um, you know, is just kind of asking us to look at what needs to be transformed in our lives, um, kind of taking us in this highly spiritual time so that we can gain some, some wisdom and experience a deeper spiritual awakening, right? It's, and we've got a few months to do it. So I looked at it, and it says that it's supposed to be about the process. The retrograde is supposed to be about the inner rebirth. So the outer rebirth in the planet has taken place. Now the inner rebirth within people has to take place. And obviously, um, people adapting to how the world has now been changed is going to be a slower process than what happened externally, because we started the process, you know, of the changes happened, you know, and there was a lot of um, planets going direct and we didn't have anything that was retrograde. And during that period of time, we made a huge amount of growth and change. And so now the process has to go inside, and that is by far more gradual. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. I mean, we're digesting um, a lot of new things, right? So, right? so I think the retrograde is giving us all that time to take in all these external things that have changed, like you said, digest them, and not only take into account how that's going to change our, possibly change our day-to-day life and experience with the greater world at large in our society, but just also how we feel about that emotionally and how that affects our spiritual life. Right, right. So, um, so, so not a bad aspect. Um, really a powerful aspect, but um, it, as they say, um, Pluto packs a punch because Pluto is able to take and assist us in transformation and letting go of things that no longer work. So ideally, we're supposed to be concentrated on what is best for everyone, right? That's the Capricorn part, what's best for everyone, Inwardly, we're trying to understand what we need to let go of, what we need to change, what needs to adapt, and what needs to be transformed. We let that old stuff die, and we allow ourselves to be reborn. Easier challenge for some people, harder challenge for other people. just depends on how you can come to terms with that and how quick you can adapt to that process. So it is going to be really productive. It's just going to challenge you if you really need to make sense of it. If you can go along with it and see that it will work out, you're going to be okay. So it is It is not a logical process. It's a very emotional process. Yeah, and like you said, we kind of have to just surrender to that process and um, understand that going internal and taking care of ourselves can sometimes be better for the group. I always like to say you can't pour from an empty cup. And so taking care of yourself sometimes is the best thing that you can do to help take care of others. So I'd like to just encourage your listeners to kind of just take this time to slow down and think about what they can do to take care of themselves and knowing that it will be better for the group and not thinking about it in terms of being selfish, looking at the ultimate impact it will affect on those around them. Yeah, absolutely. Fabulous. Thank you. Great conversation. I hope you'll join us again next week. Thank you. I will. Oh, good. Oh, good. Okay, Suzanne Wyman, the Deep Psychic Reading. Thank you for being with us. It's been absolutely fabulous. I hope that your questions were answered, your prayers were answered. I hope you feel as if the universe was speaking directly to you, tuning in, supporting you, and making your life better. And um, please join me, and you're welcome to call me anytime, 
800-400-7384. Make this day great. Stay patient and allow the rebirth to occur. The rebirth is on its way, and we are into a new chapter of our lives, and it is just simply wonderful. Thank you. Bye-bye. Don't want the fun to end? Grab more refreshments, then head over to Goldilocks Productions' YouTube channel. With over 950 archive shows, the fun doesn't have to end. No great adventure ever started with, so there I was on the couch. Adventure should be fun. Adventure should be rugged. Adventure should take you someplace new. And if you ask me, there's no better place to start your adventure this spring than at your local Honda dealer, where new Hondas are arriving daily. Check out the CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, Accord, Civic, and more. So you can stay on the couch if you want to, but I'm going to find adventure in a new Honda. Hurry into your local Honda dealer before they're gone. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello, this is Danny Pellegrino, host of the Everything Iconic podcast, and I'm here to tell you all about Splash Refresher because hydration is mandatory, but boring is not. Now, I love my water, but if I don't spice it up, I'm not going to finish what I took out of the fridge. That's why I love my Splash Refresher, which is flavorful, delicious, bright, hydrating, and zero calories. The wild berry flavor is my fave. No, wait. Is the pineapple mango flavor my fave? You know what? All five craveable Splash Refresher flavors are my fave because they're so delicious. So get hydrated and enjoy it with Splash Refresher. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.